Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. This episode of HR Oxygen is brought to you by Boss Builders University. If you're looking to train up your non-managers and individual contributors, please check out our newest offering, The Art of Being a Great Teammate. In this 12-month program, I'll be taking your employees through this program, which includes topics on communication, managing your boss, getting results without authority, customer service, problem solving, decision making, and much more. The sessions are virtual, running one hour each month, and I'll do it using our popular sketch and seminar graphic art and storytelling format. No boring PowerPoints, stale stories, and outdated tools and techniques. The sessions are engaging and provide tactical, practical tools that can be used immediately after the sessions. You can either have your entire organization take our program, or if you have just a few folks, join one of our open enrollment cohorts that start every other month. For more information, visit us online at thebusbuilders.com. Well, one of the challenges you may have been facing over the past couple years is trying to do training for your employees. Sure, a lot of us have pivoted now to online and virtual, but in some cases, it's the same old stuff we've always done, reading PowerPoint slides to a sleeping audience. What if we could use micro-learning and do a better job of employee training? Well, our guest today has a better solution. Darren Winterford is the CEO and founder of EdApp. He has extensive experience building mobile apps and pushing the boundaries of innovation. As a pioneer in the micro-learning space, EdApp's teams are established in Sydney, London, Manila, and New York. Today, the EdApp platform has a wide reach where around 50,000 lessons are completed every day in over 90 countries around the world. With the current focus on the democratization of learning, EdApp, together with the United Nations, have launched Educate All, an initiative to increase access to free, high-quality, and impactful education around the world. This is a really cool product. I've played around with it a little bit. Great way for knowledge transfer when you have topics that are important to you. This stuff is free. You can check it out online. But Darren is going to explain how to use it and why it works. So let's quit talking about him. Let's talk to him. You know what time it is. Let's get that personal item tucked under the seat in front of you. Make sure the seatbelt is buckled low and across your hips. Time for us to taxi to the runway. Should the cabin lose pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the overhead area. Please place the mask over your own mouth and nose before assisting others. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast, the show focused on the overworked, overwhelmed, and underappreciated HR professional. And now, here is the host of our show, the boss builder, Mac Monroe. Darren Winterford, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You are actually the uh, CEO and founder of EdApp. And what we'd like to talk about in our time together today is the technology that you've created and are using now. But really, I'd like to hear more about your vision for maybe global education. So we'll kind of talk around those things today. But before we do, Darren, I was hoping you could tell us about yourself, how you got into this business and where things are going for you right now. Awesome, will do. Um, yeah, EdUp is a, um, an education platform uh, primarily based around the smartphone. And to answer that question, you know, when, when Steve Jobs unveiled the iPhone, you know, back in 07, 08, we, um, we could really see that, you know, education was going to change forever and that the smartphone clearly was going to be the singular digital device that we would all spend the majority of our time on, particularly uh, the deskless worker and, and those people that aren't necessarily in front of 
you know, the traditional PC anymore. And as we saw digital consumption behavior really dramatically shift towards the smartphone, um, it became pretty clear that that we were correct and, and that was going to occur. And we thought that essentially that education um, could be could be delivered in the same way that we consume something like a social media where we're checking in regularly um, to an app on our smartphone as opposed to spending 90 minutes or more sitting in front of a desktop. And at the time, there was a new, um, I guess, learning uh, strategy and, and learning um, structure that was emerging called micro-learning. And we felt that it really lent itself beautifully to the smartphone because micro-learning was all about smaller chunks of learning at higher frequency and the, the outcomes of that being, you know, much better learning, much better learning retention, particularly if it followed, uh, you know, a, an intervention that may have taken place in a classroom or in a lecture hall or um, something of the sort. And so for us, the combination of smartphone and this, uh, you know, this emerging theory we were learning about called micro-learning seemed like perfect companions. Um, and so we developed the concept in between, you know, probably we first started looking at it in 2010 um, and it was very, very early, very early prototypes looking at what we needed to do to be able to put together a seamless blend of authoring and delivery um, to a smartphone. And it was really around 2013 or 2014 when I would say, you know, the first concepts became reality and, and we put out a first version. And then I would say around 2017, um, EDAP really began to find its feet globally. Uh, we recognised just how broken existing workplace learning was particularly and began to focus in that space. And then over the COVID period, of course, um, we have grown, I think it might be three or 400% per annum um, to now, you know, become one of the global leaders in, in micro-learning. And, and what we um, identified was essentially that micro-learning on a smartphone could indeed um, either replace or be used to uh, reinforce some traditional learning methods in the workplace, particularly uh, classroom. Um, but having integrated EdUp with Zoom and with the ability to have online discussions, um, to have online assessments, we have found that more and more EdUp and, and smartphone learning has been able to, in many cases, um, you know, render a lot of the traditional LMS technology obsolete. Um, and we've now found ourselves in, in the, you know, some of the biggest workplaces in the world in the, in the Fortune 100 and, and elsewhere around the world. So that was, I guess, the focus, the initial focus of our of our enterprise business. So what about the Educate All initiative with the United Nations? Is that separate and apart? And then you just got involved with that? Or how did that yeah. become so, something that you're connected with? Yeah, so we we were really happy that we have, you know, performed really beautifully in the enterprise space. And as I say, we're we're in the boardrooms and and um, in the in the hands of workers in in a great deal of really large enterprise companies, particularly market leaders in in retail, in health, in in um, manufacturing, FMCG, construction, 
And, and we've been really, really happy to see that. One of the things we noticed, though, was that in mid-sized companies and indeed, you know, companies that are, that are much smaller who are really trying to emulate enterprise and, and have enormous growth targets, they probably need learning the most. They've got teams there that probably don't have really large L&D budgets. They don't have huge HR teams that then even have an L&D department. And we realized that in that market, they probably needed even more help. And so we decided to make um, a, a subset of our product absolutely free. And that allows small teams everywhere to be able to access the same content library that, that makes EdUp very unique. All of the same features that you can run uh, a team on absolutely free of charge. And we just placed the more professional features or the more enter enterprise grade features behind a paywall so that you're able to use EdUp if you're a small team completely free of charge forever. So it's not a 30 day limit or anything like that. It is absolutely the ability to run it free. If you extract value from the product and you'd like some more of the advanced features around user groups and analytics and AI translation and those types of things, then you can jump up to one of our paid plans. And that saw you know, an enormous amount of uptake, as you can imagine, um, being able to use a world-class product being used by market leaders all over the world, all of a sudden as a small team had enormous impact. And again, we were extremely satisfied with what we'd achieved and what we are continuing to achieve. But just pre-COVID, we did notice that the United Nations was using our product in that platform and in, in, in that manner, sorry. And in particular, UNITAR, their education division. And so I actually reached out to UNITAR to say, you know, we'd love to know how you're using it, how you're finding it. We've always been quite um, a big admirer of UNITAR's work, particularly in the developing world. And when we had a discussion with UNITAR, we realized that there was another tier, if you like, below the small team that we still weren't talking to. And it was a tier or a group of people where we felt we could have the biggest change globally or we could have the biggest impact. And they're those individuals that we call, you know, the self-directed learner, often those people that aren't lucky enough to be employed at all, whether that be an enterprise or in a medium-sized team. Um, they are often people that are the most left behind, potentially disadvantaged individuals, and they exist you know, in the United States, United Kingdom, Australia, or in sub-Saharan Africa. And the, their access to a smartphone is still relatively strong. Um, in parts of the developing world, you do have some of the large tech companies have, have gone and, and provided heavily cut down or heavily subsidized phones that will access the internet. Um, we put together some features that would enable them to gain access to the library, even if they're not online. And we decided to embark on an initiative called Educate All. And there, the, the very simple idea is they access the exact same app that a learner does that is working for a large enterprise. But for them, 
because they don't have an L&D administrator or they don't have anyone, you know, in charge of their um, learning and career development, they can just directly access the course library directly from their smartphone and choose the courses, the same courses that, that our medium teams are able to access um, and they can take them themselves and they can receive certification for that. And they can do all of that completely free. And so in for self-directed learners all over the world, um, they are all able to take millions of lessons. We have an unlimited cap on what they are able to do to be able to try and educate themselves and take themselves on a certification journey, um, hopefully to add some value to their society or indeed to maybe help them look at um, gaining employment and, and joining a team somewhere. That's a pretty broad vision. So let's go back to what you said when you first came up with the idea. And I remember the first time I was having breakfast with a friend who just got an iPhone. It just come out and, you know, we had flip phones or Blackberries. And, and he says, this is really amazing. I says, well, it's just a phone. He says, yeah, but we have these things called apps. And I said, what's an app? And I thought he was talking about like on the old phones, you get Minesweeper and Solitaire yeah. and things like that. I thought that's what it was. I thought, well, hell, I can do that with my own phone. Yeah. I was amazed. So you guys saw this and thought, could we do training on this little tiny screen? Was that kind of where the idea hit you? Yeah, it was It was more that um, we could see that the smartphone consumption, when it was first released, it was very obvious that consumption wasn't just limited to what was happening in the workplace. People at bus stops, on trains, people, you know, waiting for a meeting. Um, the device was going to be able to um, really be accessed at multiple times a day. And we could see that it's, it's highly engaging. And, you know, if you think about it, the smartphone sits, you know, no more than 30 or 40 centimetres you know, from a user's face. And the problem with a lot of learning, particularly, you know, distance education and, and that that is look to even refresh what's happened in a classroom is that it's on a desktop. It's a mindless kind of click through in many cases. And what we had seen in the e-learning industry was that it was all done in the last 90 minutes of a quarter uh, where, you know, there was some sort of either commission structure attached to it or some sort of compliance angle that meant it just had to be done. And we knew that the learning, learning that way was highly ineffective. And we knew that it was just one of those tasks that was being left to, you know, to the last minute, oh, I will get there. We call it sort of the Friday pile. I'll do that on Friday. <laughs> and what we knew was if we were able to take advantage of the smartphone that had this, this kind of ability to get people in and out quickly with maybe a small task or maybe a quick set check of social media, a quick check of, of email, that if we could fashion learning around those consumption habits, we would not only see better completion rates, but the irony was it was proving in research to be better learning. And, and the, the analogy I always draw is it's like going to the gym on a Saturday for an hour and a half every Saturday. There will be some gains for, for, for you for sure in doing that. 
But if you were to break up that to go on a Tuesday, a Thursday, and then the Saturday, for the same period, only 30 minutes at a time instead of an hour and a half, the gains are much more recognisable. And that we took that theory to say, well, let's not just improve access to education, but let's actually improve the efficacy of it at the same time. And let's present it on a device that people find engaging and let's find a way to make it not just a mindless click through, but let's find a way to make it a highly engaging and enjoyable user experience. Because, you know, ultimately the user has kind of, you know, left the building a long time ago when it comes to online learning, in our opinion. Um, The user has never really been put first. And we saw the smartphone again as a chance for us to do that. So we, we, we saw this opportunity to improve the efficacy of learning, to increase access, to enable it to be done at a time that suits the learner, but also something that's, that's highly improved and engages them and give them some learning that they actually want to engage with. Because we could also employ techniques like gamification and the like that they're used to seeing in, it might be games or in socials, that we could really try and just you know bring that modernity um, to the learning community. And so that's the opportunity we saw when we, when we saw the smartphone, when we saw products like Twitter, when we saw products like socials, we said, hey, this is, this is what the future of learning looks like. Well, the beauty is you never see anybody without a phone. I mean, even out here, homeless people have their phones when they're mm-hmm. in between, you know, going to collect money from people driving by, they'll be on their phones. So yeah, yeah, that excuse is out the window that everybody pretty much has access. Darren, what do you define uh, micro learning as? Is there a set time frame that, or does that kind of fluctuate? What does a good micro learning block look like? Yeah, so our authors that go and teach enterprise and, and teams on how to use micro learning effectively, we normally try and talk about interventions of four or five minutes. So okay. um, we would always break down lessons into those, into a time period of around that five or six minutes. And the reason we do it is that even if the learner has has more time and has an intervention that, you know, they might have a 12 or 15 minute gap in their day or their commute might be slightly longer than that, they are able to, I guess, trust the author that when they answer a push notification, if they're sent something that says, hey, you know, you've, there's a lesson available for you to take, that there's some trust built up with the author and with the platform that, hey, I know I can open this up And I know I'm going to be the smallest possible unit will be about five or six minutes. So sure, I have five or six minutes now. I can quickly have a look at this piece of learning or this bit of refresher content that I'm going through. And if they complete that, they'll be able to look at upcoming lessons that are also there. And if they have more time, then they can jump in and do that. And we do tend to see that most learners will take two or three lessons at a time. But by not making them 15 minutes long or 20 minutes long, you not only improve the attention span and therefore the utility, but you also enable them to not have to think when they receive that notification that, oh, look, I don't really have 20 minutes now, you know, the bus or the subway is coming in, in, you know, five or six. So we tend to break it up into those, into about five or six minutes um, to try and make sure that it is something that, that a learner can engage with at multiple times during their day. It's pretty amazing that you came up with that because it's been our experience too, that yeah, people's attention span is really short. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, 
you think back to the times of three-day workshops, you know, we do management training. So imagine a three-day in-person workshop. And then when COVID hit, it was, oh, we're going to have a three-day Zoom workshop. Like, God, talk about torturing people. Yeah, yeah. So you've taken it down to just the bare basics. So Darren, can you get, can you Mm -hmm. kind of give me a range of what sorts of topics? Because it sounds like it it could almost be pretty much anything that there's a learning component to you guys would have, right? Yeah. And, and, and just to your point there on, on three-day workshops, you know, sometimes we don't doubt that a face-to-face intervention, you know, is necessary and EDAP becomes a part of that blended journey. And what we might see is that a three-day Zoom workshop, you might be able to do in one day or in just very small parts over a number of days and then have the reinforcement, have the actual interaction all happening, you know, via the, via the app. We, we often see it also used for pre-work before you go mm. into any sort of Zoom or any sort of face-to-face. We see that used a lot. Or we might see over the case of, over the course of a month, you might have three or four Zoom interventions of no more than an hour or a couple of hours and the remainder of that learning journey being done on the app. So we have managed to, f- to find a nice way to blend um, the product and the platform into a journey that might also involve face-to-face. And, and we've seen that really um, run with a lot of success during COVID. Um, but to go to your question on, on where we see it being used, we see it being used in a, in a whole range of areas. And look, I mean, I, I, I would say at the moment, there's a, I haven't seen somewhere where it can't be used. Mm-hmm. But if I talk to you about, you know, what's in, what's in our editable library, which is available to everyone, we tend to see everything around skill building, uh, I think often called soft skills. So, you know, leadership, communication and the like is a given. All of those courses are there for people to go and either edit, rebrand, customize and deploy. Um, or we see, you know, quite a lot of, um, there's a quite a lot of safety and compliance, particularly in relation to manufacturing. Um, we have a lot of um, material um, around um, if we look at, say, for example, the gig economy, we have some of the largest um, libraries around safe driving and, and safety in, in those particular areas. But I would say that the majority of our clients that take um, EdApp on board, we also have a very seamless no-code authoring tool. And so that's where we see the you know custom learning taking place. So we'll often see onboarding by all of our clients. And of course, that's all very unique to that organization. And so all of that would normally be created from scratch using our authoring tool and then deployed alongside those library courses that they've already customized or made small changes to that that fill out all of their learning interventions. So onboarding is a very very large one. Um, We see that combined then with you know, the ways of working with various teams, say, for example, the marketing team may have their marketing principles. Um, we might have call centers using it for all of their uh, customer um, discussion principles. We see um, particularly in, in retail, product knowledge is, is huge. And again, they can use our no-code authoring tool to very quickly put out product release updates. And we see that being used in but there might be the car industry, the fashion industry, um, right through um, retail and, and sales. 
Um, we see a lot of sales enablement material being produced. So again, quite custom. We might have some standard stuff in our library around negotiation skills and how to deal with difficult customers and overcoming challenges. Um, but we also see um, a lot of that custom bespoke uh, learning that's unique to an organization accompanying that when, when it's deployed amongst teams. Um, but interestingly, we see it being used in honestly so many different ways. Um, in large parts of Asia, it's being used to teach English. Um, and so we see a lot of people using um, EDAP, both in business models and in NGOs, um, to teach business English, English that will help people advance in their careers. Financial literacy is a big part. Um, speaking of NGOs, we see it being used in many different parts of the world. I mentioned UNITAR. They use it for um, entrepreneurship for women. They use it for women's rights, climate change, um, the disinformation uh, pandemic, and all of those courses are actually available in our course library for free. You can go and take those courses. Anyone in the world can, as long as they have access to a smartphone. We see very specific use cases that are super interesting. Um, in the Dominican Republic, we see it being used by an organization called Esperanza who are using it to educate sugarcane workers on modern slavery and to ensure that, that mm. you know, unbelievably in this day and age, we still need to educate people that, you know, the, the basic human rights that they are entitled to. Um, there's an example I saw recently in North Africa where a large organisation with thousands of, of users was actually using it to end or to educate on the end of the practice of female genital mutilation um, in Nigeria, which was, you know, a, a very confronting use case that, again, we didn't imagine our platform would be used for. Um, so really it's, it's used so, so broadly and because of our authoring tool being so flexible, um, you can really educate on, on whatever topic you like. Um, we have a number of universities using the product completely free of charge to reinforce lecture material and to help prep for exams. So it just has so many use cases. It's, um, it's really unique. So with your content on there, so you have the open code where like I could put a course up there if I wanted to. Yeah. Do you periodically go through and take the older ones out? Because, you know, some technologies I'm sure would be dated within yeah. six months. Mm -hmm. Is there a way that you can pull yeah. some of the older ones out or look at them based on views and things? You got it right. And, and there's reviews as well. So everything is peer reviewed and, uh, and rated. And so we tend to, you know, very simply like, like Google, et cetera, we tend to float the, the good stuff. Uh, to the top and, um, and, and that which isn't being seen, isn't being used or being rated poorly or being flagged um, tends to, you know, not be as discoverable. So I'm thinking about like, you know, your logical competitors. I think what flows to the top first is YouTube, mm -hmm. right? Everybody I know yeah. goes there first when they learn, want to learn how to do something and they want to do it as fast as possible. And then there's things like Udemy where you can learn all sorts of different, I've done some painting courses on Udemy before. So is there, are you all looking at something that will sort of, you know, prepare you for whatever technology comes next to sort of stay a step ahead of everybody? Yeah, yeah. so certainly. Um, so YouTube is probably the, you know, YouTube and PowerPoint would be the two biggest learning platforms in the world. There's no doubt about that. So um, we do tend to find in enterprise uh, and in small teams, people will actually use YouTube clips and embed them within EdApp. So they get the power of YouTube, the video that does the fantastic explanation, 
if it's not their content, and then they'll use our assessment modules, et cetera, after that to then make sure that a learner has recalled those key those those key topics. Um, when it comes to where we're going, um, you know, we are already um, a long way ahead of our competition with things like you know um, AI translation, which means you can translate into 105 languages to make sure that all users are able to access content. Um, our ideas around spaced repetition, um, I think, are, are market leading. The idea being that you can take a course and we will automatically break that up into even smaller chunks and ask you at periods um, over the year to measure your retention over time and to be able to keep those concepts top of mind. And as an administrator managing or a learning and development manager managing a team, you're able to select those topics and then watch the performance of your team over time and make sure that anything that's really key and fundamental to be top of mind can be done so. And so we have two really good features um, as part of the product. One's called Rapid Refresh and one's called Brain Boost. And that's what they're both designed to do. And so that, that keeps us very different from any of the sort of standard LMS um, uh, platforms. You know, you can actually hold EdUp accountable for keeping, you know, key ideas and key concepts that are really important to running an effective team, um, you know, top of mind amongst your learners. So that already puts us a long way ahead. Um, but from here, obviously, you know, we need to be exploring um, the, the power of, of uh, machine learning to actually put together authoring and to be able to author content. Um, and so we're, we're very deep in that at the moment. And then, of course, we need to see where the, the smartphone's heading. And as I think, um, you know, it probably heads into virtual reality and what some people are calling the metaverse, um, there'll definitely be some opportunity for us there. I've seen some preliminary stuff. Uh, there's a group that's called a mirror, not mural. Um, some, maybe it's immersion. That's what mm -hmm. I've seen. But the characters are creepy looking. They're kind of like if you ever watched the Polar Express, they got like dark eyes and they're just weird looking. Yeah. Kind of freaks me yeah. out. But I mean, do you envision a time where we'll almost look like we're real time sitting at a piece of machinery that we're going to learn how to fix step by step? I, I, I do think so. I think that might be um, that. That is definitely a possibility. I think it will first be in more group settings. And, you know, one of the things that one of the features that we have called discussions and assignments really brings you almost into a, a classroom environment without being there now. And I think that, you know, the next step, um, as we see the, the hardware technology improve and come down in price, will probably then allow those discussions to happen virtually um, in a room and, um, I think that's something for sure that, you know, the smartphone then will play a huge role in um, because as those, uh, you'll tend to find that the hardware for the, the, the smartphone device, you know, will have to get to a certain price point. And once it does, it will then, you know, spread very, very quickly. And so I do, I do see there that simulating that classroom setting will be one of the first areas we go to. And then from there, so long as we can get the, the price, for custom work in relation to one machine, for example, down, as long as the authoring process um, can be affordable. And again, there we're talking about a piece of hardware to probably code up that situation, whether you're standing in front of a lathe or whatever it is. Once we see those, those economies of scale applied, and that is possible to do at a bespoke level, 
then absolutely I can see the combination of a smartphone and a headset to actually walk you through how to operate a, a machine or something of the sort, maybe, you know, have a customer conversation, have a, um, a difficult negotiation with, um, with someone right there with you. Well, it seems to me, and tell me if I'm wrong with this, that this would be the ideal tool for, let's say, an HR department of one that does not have a training function and finds themselves every year saying, what is our training plan for the year? Mm -hmm. Could you see this this actually being able to fit that need? It's our biggest group of of customers by volume, uh, what we call the HR departments of one. Um, EDAP really has sought to we try and take all of the pain out of training for that individual. Um, and so it starts with, here's a content library. It has, you know, a thousand courses in it that you can just drag and drop absolutely free into your account. And then without any, without needing to be, a, you know, an instructional designer or without needing to be a great graphic designer, you can easily amend that course to have your branding, you can put your own video into it. You can edit every single word that's there. You can delete, you can add. So imagine we give you an enormous head start to say, okay, here are the basic courses that you need to run a great team. All you need to do is just edit them and put your spin on them if you like. And you can do that really easily. From there, we then give you a platform by which everyone has to deploy that out to your to your squad or your team and, and and that method is the smartphone they can also access it on a laptop or a desktop if they wish but again all of that can be done completely free of charge you can use surveys you can use discussions you can use nice little assessments you can um, even have leaderboards all of that absolutely free of charge and you can do that as that hr department of one quite easily in fact we even allow you to, at no charge, to upload, if you were just to have material in PowerPoint, so you don't need necessarily much from our library, but you have already, say, five or six PowerPoint decks that you use to onboard or that you use to educate on safety in the workplace. You can actually send them in to us. Um, We have a, um, a product called Trade In Your Training, playing on the you know, trading in your old car. Hmm. And you can literally upload those, that PowerPoint. We will take a look at it. We will generate that into micro learning and send that back to you absolutely free of charge so that you can get started. And that's where we see a lot of our HR departments of one taking advantage of trading your training. There is actually a tool on our website that allows you to do it automatically. So you can actually just upload your PowerPoint directly choose the micro learning slides that you'd like to, to use and we'll actually generate that lesson for you automatically. And again, you can then go on, update, place your spin on it and deploy it to your teams with ease. And if you'd like to speak to people at EdApp and you're only a HR department of one, we even have uh, three times a week, we have sessions with our experts who will show you how to use it, how to design great micro learning the secrets to deploying to learners successfully, all of those types of things. And all of this is free of charge. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, Darren, I only have one more question for you. And that is for those who are listening right now who say, oh, my God, I need this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Where would you suggest they go to get started? So the, the, the simple thing to do is to go to edapp.com. So it's edapp.com. 
and you can go and get started. Um, it has all the information about the, the platform. You easily sign up there. We don't need credit cards or anything like that. You can just go in and sign up and, and get started straight away. As I say, if you have some PowerPoint, you might want to send it to our trading your training squad and there's details there um, on the side about that or you can use the PowerPoint uploader yourself or if you just like to explore the library and, and start having a look at what's there, then again, all of that is, is there. It's all free of charge. All you need to do is, is sign up with an email address and, uh, and you're away. Excellent. Well, Darren, this has been really enlightening and I'm hoping that people that are listening today will say, wow, where has this been all my life? Um, I'm amazed and I'm going to check it out myself. So Darren, listen, I want to say thanks for joining us on the show today and sharing the things that you've learned and, you know, congratulations on creating such a great technology and making a big dent in this world. We really appreciate it. Thanks very much, Mike. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. We hope you found something today that will relieve your stress, feed your soul, and pump you up to face another day. At Boss Builders, we want to let you know that we appreciate the hard work you do every day as an HR professional. And as a reminder, always make sure to adjust your own oxygen mask before attempting to help those around you. Be well.